0: Good morning, everyone. Now, Marcia and I want to thank you for so warmly welcoming us. And we had such fun yesterday at Project Share. And such a privilege, uh, such a great job of worshiping and uh, you leading us through all of that. Thank you, both of you. It's especially fun uh, having Janelle up here. Um, one of my favorite experiences of being at North Sub was when the 65 year old man was one of uh, a couple of chaperones that took the youth um, to Kansas City for a conference. And, uh, and they weren't sure how to handle having a senior pastor. So they were all very respectful and very, uh, you know. And my sense of humor is like Southside Chicago. So I'm, I'm careful how I'm doing this with the kids, but I'm giving them a hard time. They just had two rules. One was to be respectful to everybody. Two was whatever I says goes. <laughs> now, it took a couple of days, but then they started poking fun at me, and what a ball we had, and it was just a, just a precious, precious time. I was just sharing that with some other people, and you know what the kids did? Every time we'd be driving on a bus somewhere, and I'd take, you know, a little bit of time to nap, because I was tired <laughs> keeping up with, they would take a picture of me. <laughs> and then on the Sunday, when we get back, they put all those pictures. They had like six of them with me sleeping. It was awful. And I want to thank Pastor Tim for figuring out how to keep you all awake during the sermon this morning by keeping it cool in here. Creative, creative, Pastor. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your great love. We thank you for the expression of it in Jesus, which no one can deny. And we thank you for your word, which reminds us of your precious truth, how deeply you love us, and that throughout the Scriptures, it is clear, Lord, We come to a relationship with you, not by what we do, but by what you have done through Jesus. It is by this grace, through faith alone, that you call us your children. And we thank you for this great privilege. As we open up your word today, I pray that you will use it, Lord. I pray that you'll let me speak from my heart on this issue. And I pray, Lord, that you will open hearts and minds for your purposes in their lives. I ask this to your glory, Jesus, in your precious name. And all God's people said. This morning, we're going to talk about the mentoring relationship. And I want to start out by playing a little game, kind of like a TV game. I'm going to give you the name of a very famous person who was in a mentoring relationship and then I'm gonna give you four names to choose from, and at the end, I'm gonna ask you to yell out who that famous mentor was, okay? So the first name is Plato, Plato. So, choice A, Odysseus, choice B, Aphrodite, choice C, Socrates, Joyce D, Pastor Tim, and the answer is. Somebody said Socrates too. <laughs> okay, I don't want to trip on that. Next one, Alexander the Great. A, Aristotle. B, Donald Trump. C, Attila the Hun. And D, Pastor Tim. And who is it? Aristotle. Aristotle. Very good. I told people you were really a smart church. Okay. Number three, John Quincy Adams. Choices A. George Washington. B. Ben Franklin. C. Joe Biden. D. Don, Pastor Tim. Right. And the answer is? What? Ben Franklin. But I'm glad nobody said Pastor Tim. He's not old enough. Smart enough, but not old enough. Okay. Number four. Marie Curie. A. Aretha Franklin. B. Henry Becquerel. C. Clara Barton. And D. Pastor Tim. And the answer is? Henry Becquerel, right. They both won the Nobel Peace Prize for work and radioactivity. Okay. Number five, Bill Gates. Software, right? Giant and, and um, uh, can't think of the word right now. I'm getting old. Philanthropist, philanthropist. His choice is A, Al Gore. B, Mrs. Gates. C, Warren Buffett, or D? And the answer is Warren Buffett, Buffett. right. And the last one is Oprah Winfrey. The choices are Rosa Parks, B, Michael Jordan, C, Maya Angelou, and D? And the answer is Maya Angelou, Angelou. right. Very good. Good. So, we have a list here of infamous people that cover the time period of two and a half millennia, from the areas of philosophy and education, to military conquest, to the political sphere, to science, to business and finance, to media and the arts. And I would surmise that in every case, part of that mentoring relationship also involved character development. Now, the Bible never uses the word mentor or mentee, but it is nevertheless present in the Bible. Let me give you some of those relationships, just kind of a, in a survey. You have Jethro, who mentored Moses. You have Moses who mentored Joshua and the elders of Israel. You have Naomi who mentored Ruth. And you have Eli who mentored Samuel and Samuel who mentored Saul and David. You also have Elijah who mentored Elisha, Mordecai who mentored Esther, and actually Esther who mentored King Azerhaus as it relates to the Jewish people. And you have Jesus, who mentored the 12 disciples, and Paul, who mentored Timothy. Now today, we're going to be looking at that mentoring relationship, especially through the relationship of Paul and Timothy. And rather than just use one text and really unveil that, I'm going to do kind of a survey throughout the New Testament of the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Before we dig into that though, I wanna say a couple things about the mentoring relationship. There are formal mentoring relationships like we had up there where it's clear one person is mentoring another. There are also informal mentoring relationships that take place that necessarily are not as clearly defined and let me give you an example. Three years ago, I went into retirement. Now as a pastor, I've walked with a lot of people as they've entered into retirement. Given them my advice, perhaps my wisdom, but I knew that when I was going into retirement, I would absolutely need the advice of others who preceded it into me. And there are two men who I'm very close with that I trust very uh, much. One has been a 45-year-old friend. Uh, For 45 years, we've been deep, deep friends, a a deeply spiritual man. John Seiler, I love him dearly, Um, and he. I asked him if while I was going through this, if I could talk to him about retirement, just to get his advice, some of his thoughts, some of his reflections on me. The other is a man who is here today, Ken Bryan, and he has been a dear, dear friend and mentor to me and uh, given me great encouragement, and great wisdom. And I know when those two men tell me something, I need to absolutely follow it. It's been very, very helpful. So if I haven't said so, thank you for for mentoring me. (laughs) Now, Marcia and I were talking just this week, and she was talking to one of the ladies in our life group who was talking about her daughter, and they were talking about mentors, and her mom asked her daughter, if you could pick a mentor, who would you pick? And she said, Marsha. And my wife said to me, I've thought about that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'd be any good at that. And I said, are you kidding me? You have so much life experience. You've been through so much you have a lot of wisdom to be able to share. I said, you know, you'd be great at it. She was thinking that somehow a mentor has to have extraordinary wisdom and knowledge. And what a good mentor has is the experience that God has led them into, their trust and faith in God, The wisdom that comes from that, a willingness to love the other person and just share with them their experience. I said to her, the best things that I do when I'm mentoring people is I tell them exactly what I did wrong and why it was wrong. And it kind of eliminates one of their choices. And sometimes that's very, very helpful to people. I said, of course you can do this, Marcia. You'd be great at it. And I want to say to all of you, of course, you could be a mentor. If you think you can't, of course, if you have experience, you could be a mentor. And that goes from teenagers on up. So, why am I telling you all of this? Here's why. Whether you have some life issues going on in your life, or faith issues, or you need a character adjustment, or you're feeling stuck spiritually, perhaps entering into this kind of relationship either as a mentee or a mentor would be a very big help to you for your spiritual growth and your own development and for the spiritual growth and development of another. Now what do I mean by mentoring? For me, mentoring, whether it's formal or informal, in its simplest form is building into another person. Building into another person. This is something we can all do and something we all need. You know, when you get old, your, your uh, fingerprints kind of, you know, get, get slick, slickery, as we say. And it's hard to turn pages. (laughs) The big idea today is this that the mentoring relationship is an excellent instrument for spiritual and character development. An excellent instrument, time tested. So, I want to encourage you all to consider it. Lesson one whether you are a mentor or a mentee, each of you has a choice. Each of you Has a choice. When we look at Acts 16, 1 through 4, we find exactly where Paul and Timothy come together in the relationship. It may not be the first time they've met, but it's when this relationship definitely happens. Let's read it together. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews in the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town instructing the believers to follow decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Paul has begun his second missionary journey. And he begins by visiting the towns he went to during his first first journey. And as he goes back, when he gets to the town of Lystra, he finds a disciple there, or a young follower of Jesus named Timothy. It's likely that he knew Timothy before because he knows Timothy's grandmother and mother who are believers. What he learns is that Timothy is an outstanding follower of Jesus. The church thinks the world of him. So does he. So Timothy is one person that Paul would love to have on his missionary team and would love to mentor So Paul wants Timothy to join him. Paul's choice. But what about Timothy's choice? Well, what we need to look at is the issue of circumcision because Timothy's choice for Paul to be his mentor is seen in this. Paul's method for evangelizing was going to the synagogue first and he would speak about Jesus and the truth of who Jesus was to all the people in the synagogue, Jews and God-fearers alike. And what Paul knew was that there was an issue with what some people we would call today Judaizers. In Acts, they are referred to as the Jews. Paul says in that text, in deference to the Jews, Who were the Jews? The Jews were those who held deeply, um, deep prejudices against the uncircumcised. Paul believed that an uncircumcised half Jew would just stir up controversy and prejudice against the gospel. So he was requiring Timothy, if Timothy was going to join him, if Timothy was going to be his mentee, then Timothy would need to be circumcised. And we see in this decision that Timothy is. While circumcision is not required of Timothy to be saved, Paul asks that it be done for the sake of the gospel. The principle is one that Paul practiced. Look at what he wrote to the Corinthians. I have become all things to all people so that I may by every Possible means save some. So Timothy follows Paul's principle and example and becomes circumcised. They both had a choice. Whether the mentoring relationship is spoken, unspoken, formal, informal, it doesn't matter. The mentor and the mentee both have a choice. You're not going to get stuck with somebody who is unsafe or somebody you don't want to be with, you have a choice. Lesson two, the mentoring relationship is passing along the blessings of God that the mentor has received, be it knowledge, wisdom, experience, or whatever else is relevant. And this is passed along from mentor to mentee. It is the natural flow of God's blessings. Very important for us to understand that. This is just the natural flow of God's blessings. Consider what God said to Abraham. He said, go from your land, your relatives in your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. He says, I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. God blessed Abram so that all the peoples of the earth might be blessed. How was that to come about? Through the Messiah. The Messiah would be a descendant of Abram and the Messiah would come to bring hope and life and salvation to the Gentiles as well. God promised later in the Old Testament to pour out his spirit on the descendants of Abram. We read that in Joel 2.28. And nine centuries later, we see the beginning of that and the full meaning of that to include the Gentiles as well. This is what Peter said to the people who, after he preached Jesus, And he told them to repent and believe upon him. He said, repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children for all who are far off. That means the Gentile world. As many as the Lord our God will call. The Holy Spirit was promised to all who God calls and believe me there is no greater blessing than any of us can share than the blessing of Jesus Christ. Earlier this year uh, I was talking to one of my daughters and she was wrestling with an issue and she could be a little sensitive about the fact that I want to talk about Jesus. Being raised a pastor's kid sometimes a little bit difficult and she knows I love Jesus, but I see Jesus as the answer. And uh, my wife, you know, she she's good about saying, "Craig, you know, you got to be be careful, be careful." I said, "There is nothing greater that I could share with my daughter or any human being. Nothing wiser than Jesus. That's the answer, and I'm glad to be able to share." And I think that's the blessing that we can give. Nothing greater than that. But the scriptures also say that God gives us other blessings that we're to share as well. Consider what Paul writes to the Galatians. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So with the blessings of God that come to us, even our material blessings, not just our experience and our wisdom, but even our material blessings, we're to share that with others, to bless them with the blessings God has given to us. Let me ask you, isn't that what you all participated in and Project Share? Isn't that what's gone on for 20 years in this place, sharing the blessings of God with others? Whatever God blesses us with, experience, knowledge, wisdom, love, faith, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, and the like, including our material possessions, we are called to share it with others. And that's part of the mentor-mentee relationship. Now, let's look at how Paul passed along the blessings from God to Timothy. First of all, we need to look at the relationship Paul had with his mentor. We know that Paul was mentored by Rabbi Gamaliel and he was a famous rabbi mentioned in the New Testament but also mentioned in other uh, books as well. It is most likely that Paul would have followed a similar mentoring pattern as he had with Gamaliel. Now how did they, how did rabbis get their students? The rabbis picked the best and brightest students. And they picked them to follow the yoke of the law that they were teaching. That was called the rabbi's yoke. That was how they interpreted scripture, how they applied it. And so when Rabbi Gamaliel chose Paul, he was looking for a student along with the other students who could live as he lived and lived under that same yoke that Rabbi Gabaliel was practicing. Right? Now, what else would happen, let me, let me go back one more step. If a student couldn't live up to the rabbi's standard, the rabbi cut him loose. When Paul met Timothy, he saw someone who could live out the yoke of Jesus that Paul was living out and professing and teaching. Consider what Paul writes to Timothy in his first letter. He says, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come and uh, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Paul was passing along the blessings of his experience and wisdom to Timothy so that Timothy might win people over to the gospel. He was telling him that he should live up to the yoke of Jesus that Paul was practicing. And he was giving them clues on how to do that as a young man and to speak with authority so that older men and women would trust him and follow him and believe in what he was teaching. Scholars tell us that the gift is most likely Timothy's calling to be a pastor. Timothy would be the first bishop of Ephesus, and like his mentor, he would die a martyr's death. We see then in this relationship that mentoring from what what rabbis did with their students, and we see that similar pattern in teaching going on between Paul and Timothy. Mentors bless mentees with the blessings of God that they have received so that the mentee can become all that God created him or her to be. That's the focus in that relationship. That's what it's about. Lesson three, the Spirit uses the mentoring relationship to bless both the mentee and the mentor. I want you to catch that. It's not just the mentee who gets blessed, but the mentor, and we often miss that. Let's look first at the blessings for Timothy. We see it in the changing relationship between Paul and Timothy. Consider these descriptions and the growth of Timothy in them. First, he is, Timothy is called a co-worker. This is written in 1 Thessalonians and it happens around 49 to 51 A.D. Somewhere close to when they first started um, working together. Later, Paul wrote to the Corinthians somewhere about five, six years later, and he refers to Timothy as a co-author. See how his status has gone from co-worker, now he's a co-author. Then, as we already read in 1 Timothy just before this, which was maybe seven or eight years after that, Paul acknowledged that Timothy was called and gifted for ministry. Ministry apart from Paul's ministry. They had his own calling on his life. And we see this kind of growth and and this blessing as it's unfolding. But there was even more than this. We see, in addition, Another blessing for Timothy. Paul prayed for Timothy regularly. We read this in 2 Timothy 1 3, where he says, I pray for you regularly. Right, regularly. So Paul is interceding, praying, providing spiritual support, and praying for protection as well for Timothy. And I could tell you as a pastor, I can't thank you enough for all the prayers that have been offered up for myself, my wife, and my family. 40 years of pastoring and a lot of people praying have saved my family a tremendous amount of hardship and difficulty. It makes a difference. Prayer is no small thing that we can provide for one another. But what about the blessings for Paul, not just for Timothy? Well. Just as Timothy benefited from prayer support, I believe that Paul benefited from prayer support as well. There's no direct evidence of Timothy praying for Paul because we don't have any letters written from him saying that. But we can assume it. We can assume it, first of all, because the nature of a mentor-mentee relationship, what, is to model your mentor. And what does Paul model but prayer? So I think there would be an expectation that there would be a reciprocal response of prayer for Paul from Timothy. We also see in their relationship a growing sense of intimacy between Paul and Timothy. A sense of intimacy, deep intimacy that Paul felt. We see when he writes to 1 Timothy, he calls him my true son in the faith. That's a very personal kind of way to to express it to him. There's this growing intimacy for him with Timothy. Consider also Paul's request of Timothy at the end. This is his second time imprisoned in Rome in 2 Timothy. He's awaiting death. It's around 64, 65 AD. Only Dr. Luke is with Paul. All have left. Some have abandoned him. He feels very alone, and he writes to Timothy, and he says to Timothy, come to Rome. Bring my cloak and my scrolls, he asked for. And it appears that Paul wanted the comfort of Timothy's presence, his friendship, and his companionship at the end of his life. And which of us wouldn't want that? There's one last blessing for Paul from the mentoring relationship, and it's true of all mentoring relationships. It's the mirror of self-reflection. In my experience in mentoring others, every time I say something before I say it, I think about, is that true of me in my life? I'm reflecting on an experience, but I'm asking myself, am I still living that out? Is that still true? Does that make sense? And then I share it. And it's not unusual for me, after I leave and I have time alone, in self-reflection to ask myself, are there things about that experience that I missed? Should there have been something more? And almost always, almost always, I just break out into prayer thanking God for how he's blessed me in that situation. It's a way to revisit some of the blessings of God and you can't help but praise God and be thankful for it. So this mirror of self-reflection can be very, very helpful. Perhaps Paul did the same things. This would be consistent with what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter nine when he wrote, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He he was asking certain things of the Corinthians, and he was saying, I put myself under that same discipline. If that was true with the Corinthians, wouldn't that be true of the mentoring relationship he had with Timothy as well? That he would be checking himself. Whether you are mentored or whether you are um, being a mentor, there's a blessing of God that results. What I want you to remember about mentoring today, and perhaps even most importantly consider, is that mentoring is not only a formal relationship, that it can be informal. And informal mentoring can be extremely helpful and easy to do because there's not a formal time that you get together, not a formal time that you speak. You do it as you need and as you have opportunity to. Remember that being a mentor doesn't mean that you have to have extraordinary knowledge or wisdom, just a willingness to listen and a willingness to share the blessings that you've received from God. Now, during the closing song this morning, there are going to be some prayer partners up front here. And if you've not made a decision for Jesus yet, then if you'd like, come forward and ask them to pray with you. Perhaps your prayer is to ask for a mentor, someone who can help you examine the truth of the gospel, someone you can ask the hard questions about so that when you make a decision for Jesus, it is clear and you understand why you are. Or perhaps you're ready to make that decision of faith, that you believe in Jesus. You believe that by grace you are saved through faith. Remember what we read up here in the Catechism. It was exactly that. Jesus died on the cross so that you, by his blood and belief in what, who he is and what he's done, can be saved as well from your sin and be called and included in the family of God for eternal life. Perhaps that's what you want. Now, let me say this. If you're somebody who would like a mentor to come alongside of you, but you're not sure who to ask, come forward. And ask them to pray with you about maybe finding a mentor if there's one for you. Or if you're not sure about whether or not you make a good mentor, but you'd be willing to do it, come forward and pray and ask God to make that clear and to show you who He might want you to mentor. You know, Jesus said, We're two or more are gathered in my name on there. Well, there's plenty of us here who believe, and He's here. But when you pray with somebody else about something, There's extra power in those prayers. I want to encourage you not to be afraid to come forward and pray about this. So I would invite you to do that in the end of the service. Would you join with me in prayer now? Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the great God that you are. Come down from heaven, taking on human form giving us not only the example of how we should live and the wisdom, the true wisdom of your yoke, that is that there is truth in the law, but it is by grace and mercy and faith and forgiveness that we come into full relationship with you and you have expressed your great love and desire for us in the cross. Help us, Lord, to keep that in mind. Help us to be willing to share our lives with others and use us to bless them and build into them. And we pray, Lord, that you would do this in such a way that it would be glorifying to you. We thank you, Jesus, for doing this with us and for giving us that calling to do it with others. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,